1: of a martini I want a martini that can be declared a disaster area makes me just such a martini
0: new to the show want to know a little bit more about me well I'm an award-winning illustrator designer and art director um, I've worked for the top agencies in the Nebraska area and I'm currently a freelance creative so got a little project thrown my way um, in my time at these agencies I made a lot of connections with a lot of interesting people So this show is me sitting down for a couple of drinks and catching up with my creative brothers and sisters. Hope you enjoy the conversations. All right, this is part three. I dug this back out just because I had such fun with it uh, when I recorded it. But this is part three of uh, my interview with John Kimmel. Uh, John gives me some more comic book uh, store stories. Um, and then he drops a bombshell on me. Apparently, we've known each other a lot longer than I thought we did. So uh, join us in our booth at the back as we share our drinks and our stories.
1: We had Mr. T come in. What? Mr. T and the T-Force had just come out. Holy shit. And he was there for a signing. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, so the line at Edgewood, like, if it's kind of... There used to be a place called the Grain Bin. None of that stuff's there right now. I think where Cosmics used to be, it's like a famous footwear or shoe source, or it's a shoe store. Yeah. It's basically, it was in the strip between Super Saver and Target. And the line for like Mr. T went like all the way down to Super Saver and then like double back around. It was a, the biggest, like that was Brian's thing was he had a uh, guest artists, creators, writers come in. And at the time it was great. Yeah. But that like right before like the market crashed, we had Mr. T and then I think earlier that year we had a an actress that played Vampirilla. Oh nice. And that was but Mr. T uh, no no bad stories about that. Like he, he was right. totally cool. Nice. Um but the Did vamp- you meet him then? Oh yeah, I got oh, pictures cool. and what? everything. Yeah, oh you yeah. gotta send me one. Yeah, yeah I they're gotta pretty see that. good. Uh, I, I gotta see if I can find him. They're, they're like a whole,
0: huge right. Mr. T fan.
1: He's surprised. Like he looks big in the movies, right? But it just goes to show how like smaller like guys like Sylvester Stallone are, right? Because like I was as tall, if not taller, than Mr. T, right? right. He was big, right? But he was he wasn't like a yeah, towering dude, to be tall, yeah, 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 like a big football player. But he's just average height, just. Wide as he is tall, right? Um, and it was funny because he came with all the chains, yeah. And like when he sat down, like he's like, I gotta take my, my chains off, right? They're they, you know, this is just for flash or something like right. that. And he, like, Ka-tonk. it was just like this massive, like it had to have been like 50 pounds of jewelry on oh, his man. neck, it was exhausting. and he just laid them out on the table. So when people came up to get signing, he had to look at Mr. T, and he got to look at the jewelry. And then he, I <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was funny, wow. Uh, And I'll come back to the Mr. T story, because there was another good one about that. But the Vampirilla one, uh, apparently there was some sort of contract between when she comes to do a signing, you're supposed to give her, like, Kool-Aid or fruit juice. For, like, blood? Yeah, for blood. But... No, it was like straight up like red wine.
0: Oh. And so by the end end of the... Whose idea was that?
1: Oh, Brian's. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So by the end of the night of the signing, this was at East Park. Right. And it happened again, I think, in Omaha. She got so blitzed. She was making out with everyone. Oh, man. Best signing ever, Yeah, dude. As a (laughs) 16-year-old... That was, that was probably the best day of my life at wow. the time. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty incredible. That was pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can get a contact back make out with her full mouth kiss yeah. and get drunk off of that. That was pretty funny. Wow.
1: But, uh, yeah, so there was that, like, but the Mr. T one, we had this guy and you might even know him cause he's kind of like a, a Lincoln local artist, but he's kind of obscure kind of like how Mel was with his like cutting out comics and making these dioramas this guy's thing was twist tie sculptures yeah he does like helicopters and airplanes exactly so he came with this like super elaborate helicopter and like you blow on the propeller like the propellers would spin yeah and he got right in front of Mr. T's face and he's like I made you a helicopter (gasps) And just blew all over <laughs> Mr. T's face. And <laughs> the look, because this guy has really bad breath, right? Oh. So the look on Mr. T's like... I don't condone violence. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, you're, you're in the A-team. Yeah. You were like Clubber Lang, right? Yeah. Like, you beat Those the crap. Those are characters. Those are characters. Right. <laughs> so here, here's Dwayne wanting Mr. T to sign, like, his combat, like, Vietnam era helicopter. And he's right. blowing on the propellers uh-huh. right in front of Mr. T. <laughs> I, I don't condone violence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was so funny, uh, but, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, like I said, some of the best. I mean, no job comes close to the Those experiences. And I had no idea. Like, I just thought, like, this is cool to be an adult now. Mm. Like. I get to see Mr. T. And you got vampirilla. This, this is go on this forever, all before
0: right? I'm 18, right? Like, this is great. Yeah, best job ever. It's going to go on forever. <laughs> and the, yeah,
1: <laughs> never, ever again have I had a job that fun or cool. So, hope, you know, if Brian hears this and he gets mad about some of these stories, still the coolest job. Yeah. So,
0: well, there you go. Thanks yeah. for hiring me, Brian. <laughs> Can I use um, a reference? So, what was what was kind of the... Because like, you were around for that, so, I mean, as it was just really taken off there, like, what was the big what was the big seller? What was the big deal at the time?
1: It's kind of like cryptocurrency is right now. Yeah. It's just pure speculation. You had in the 90s, in retrospect, and the thing was, I say this in retrospect, but there were a number of guys that were already figuring out as it was happening, so they, they really capitalized on it. But... Um, there was this perception late 80s early 90s that was like the starting point of when comics from like the golden age and silver age were starting to have a lot of value to them right and uh, you had these hot new artists and new writers creating these really unique books that were to the general audience like uh, like a never before seen thing and then you had the publishers putting a lot of money into special covers and alternate art covers and these same folks came from, like, the trading card industry where the trading cards, like ball cards, had some value. And so the funny thing is um, they created this illusion that, oh, if you want to, like, be cool and get in on a, at the collector level and and get you couldn't get the Golden Age or Silver Age books you wanted in the past, but now you have the opportunity to get these really you know, rare comics coming out right now. The problem is there was never a time in history where comics weren't printed more than at that time. So there's nothing rare about any of it. Even the alternate art covers, there was nothing rare. You've got
0: millions of those things just
1: out there. And you created this illusion that, um, there was this perceived value. So people were buying them all up, but there were millions of copies to buy. So, uh, And then the the industry got greedy, so you had companies like Marvel Comics here, uh, you know, they made some decent money, but it wasn't until like the direct retailers like your local comic shop really started feeding them a lot of money right because that was a dedicated retail location for their comics prior to that it was like a grocery store drug store, right yeah. so so once direct retailers started ordering in the volumes and those businesses got bigger they they then they flipped the switch and their egos kind of got in the way where they're like well if if we can cut out the direct retailers we can open up our own comic shops And so, Marvel for a long time was going to, and this was like, this was the beginning of the end. They were uh, basically saying that they were going to have their own like Marvel Comics comic shops or DC Comic comic shops, and it'll be the end of your local comic shop because it'll be basically like a blockbuster, right? Like, if you will, for comic stores. Right. Well, we also know what happened to, you know, Blockbuster, too. So, uh, that, and then people just stopped getting tired of all the variant covers and they started realizing like the stuff isn't going to have like a lot of the stuff that has value is is the genuine stuff that has no it's just extremely rare right, you know it's right. not, not uh, printed to the millions so um,
0: well what were you into at, the, at that time?
1: you know I, I was I was the poster child for their their demographic like I was the kid that only bought comics that had the supposed cool artist and cool writer, but usually the artist. The funny thing is the guys that I worked with, some of the guys that I worked with that were really into comics, like the purity of the storyline, right. Um, a lot of the comics they promoted I thought were like just lame or ridiculous when I worked there. Right. It wasn't until like five or ten years later that I realized they were exactly right. Like stuff like uh Sandman or the sand or man? The Preacher, right. uh a lot of the DC's uh, mature audience vertigo line, which is right. like Honestly, like, the cool storylines from the 90s is kind of like... That's the foundation for a lot of the newer, like, TV series as you see right now. Um, But, yeah, like, The Sandman and and The Preacher in particular. Um, Once I got past the fact that, yes, art for a comic is great, but the story... You have to have that story. And, uh, man... Then I started really appreciating writers. But at that time, I... Like everyone else that kind of got into it for the art, a lot of us just got out of it.
0: Right. Well, I know, like, it was, um, that I was into it, like, in, like, uh, probably the 80s, um, when, what was it, uh, when Watchmen came out and when, yeah, that was the beginning, uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns came yep. out. I was like, these are so cool. Like, I just remember, and like you said, you couldn't find them in shops. This was, you know, it's funny looking at things like before the internet. Like yeah. how you how you even hear about this or why you do that? Because I remember tracking that stuff down, like first comics and Comico and like some of these off things that had like more serious and more mature content. I was like, man, this is cool. I liked the stories and yeah. and and they had some really good art. But then I remember x-men took off you know and then jim lee and uh spider-man with uh, uh McFarlane and those yep. things got really big and then i was like okay cool they're starting their own company and, and probably within like a couple of issues so i'm like i don't care about any of these characters like this, i didn't like the stories and it's like right i don't, I don't need like page after page of pose of pose you know and which is funny because like the art's the thing that you know drew me to it in the first place yeah. but like you said, the stories were the thing that was like, "This is cool." And so when you know all the multiple covers and all the stuff was coming, I was I was like that. Like it was, eh, I'm out of here, you know. And yeah. I pretty much stopped until like Dark Horse, probably like late night, well mid '90s, right
1: mid '90s yeah. when they started like getting steam.
0: Yeah, they yeah. started focusing on. I think like Hellboy was the first thing that I picked up in years. And I just thought, yeah. this is so offbeat, I really yeah. liked it, and then started reading stuff off and on again from there.
1: That's a great example of what I mean by, like, the stuff my friends told me I should be reading, but I wasn't. Hellboy is, like, a great example. Just a great storyline. Yeah, it was really
0: interesting, and, uh, whatever.
1: Unique at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can get into it. I think, I think... So you gotta keep, you gotta finish, but what's your point? <laughs> I got no point, man. That's the point of the show, is I don't know. The uh, point is, we brought you in here. I got to hear the fight story, hear some comic book stories. Yeah. Mr. T, Vampirella, what, is that how it's pronounced? Vampirella? Van, Vampirella. Vampirella. I So,
1: the thing is, <laughs> this will tell you where a 16-year-old guy's priorities are. Well, yeah. I have all my images from Vampirella. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know where Mr. the hell T. Mr. T's at. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I got Vampirilla framed on my wall.
0: <laughs>
1: Mr. T- Mr. T. Sorry, man. <laughs> I
0: don't know where he's at. <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: Oh, To this day, like, almost every girl I've ever dated is like, what the fuck's this Vampirilla shit? Oh, man. I'm like, and,
0: then, and then the date's over, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah sometimes Ooh. sometimes not that easy. Oh, um, but yeah no so yeah I have I know exactly where my Vampirilla stuff is at but <laughs> the Mr. T' is a little gonna be a little more difficult to find. Oh. Um, no but this is this is this, uh, Trent may find this fun and interesting if he listens to this. Um, that dude surpassed all of us like yeah. at the comic store. Yeah. He was kind of this he was a he was a cool kid to hang out with. He was a few years younger than me. Um, we got along pretty good uh, he seemed a little his, what I liked about Trent too was like his folks were like the coolest parents ever Right. like they were both artists they both had different like the mom was like an art teacher his dad uh, was like he uh, sold I think like advertising for the newspaper but they, were, they both were like classically trained artists and you go to their home and they had like art like from when they were in college on the wall and, It was like like that. If I could go to a friend's house and like just have a good experience. Yeah. Yeah, He had an older brother, Gary. Cool. They were both cool kids. And they had, they were like, their folks were like way ahead of the curve on like all about collections. Right. They had like Star Wars toys because they, they were two brothers. They had two of everything and the parents kept the boxes for everything. So their collections... They had like these pristine collections, but where I was going with this with Trent was like it was funny because here I remember him as like he was kind of he would kind of like had these awkward experiences at the time at the comic shop, but now he's like a major motion picture uh, uh, visual effects like he's literally like won the Oscars of visual effects like his team was the team responsible for uh, for the aging process and the the body transformation of. Chris Evans from Captain America, like, his right. studio is responsible. Like, he's in LA working for a VFX company, like, doing graphics, which is so funny because I remember, like, when we worked together, he was, like, kind of like a story writer and he's like, would you like to do some, like, art for my for my stories? I'm like, dude, like, now it's like, fuck, you're in Hollywood, basically, cool. right? Like, yeah. you're, you're a super, so, he's a a cool guy like uh, we're still kind of in touch like via Facebook right but uh, out of all my friends from that era of comics like out of all the guys from Cosmic Comics he was the one that probably got the furthest but I don't know where that was going but you you brought up comics again so uh, that reminded me of how things how things have gone since then and you know full circle like when you apply yourself to something right. whether or not it's a shitty co-worker or not like if you really go all in you can achieve some really cool stuff
0: that's cool that's cool yeah yeah man we talked about a lot of shit but I don't think we got a lot covered. <laughs> so I feel well, like I don't, we
1: can, you gotta come back I can back. Come, by, come back I would like to you come you know come I think early on when we ran into it, this is how you and I like experience things how do like, we even meet we, we
0: I don't I don't even know cause you're one of these guys that's like oh yeah John yeah 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 and like I don't even know how we even met so you if I if
1: I remember correctly somehow you went to uh, when you went to college you went to uh what's off a of Prescott did you go? Um, Let's hear it. Help me out.
0: Uh, I am I'm curious because <laughs> you're going way cause, back. Because my girlfriend shit. went there
1: too at the time. What? Yeah, I had a girlfriend that went there, and what I know like at? Ed Mahia went there too. Yeah, with uh, oh
0: man, this is not Concordia. Like no, the fuck? no, this is a whole other show. Uh, man, College man. View. No, close. Co- that's where it's called. It's uh, Union College. Union College. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: What? So, I worked at a software company, and one of the guys that worked there was this guy named David Kaiser. What? You and know Dave David? Kaiser... Holy shit. ...knew, like, was it Norval Parchment? Oh, my... So, you know Norval? Yeah. So, what? And there was, no, no, no. How can you be dropping these bombs <laughs> on me right now? So oh, I go shit. all the way back. That's how, how far how? I think it goes back. What? So this is, like, mid-'90s. And we had not met each other, but what I found was... Uh, fast forward... Um, when I was going to school right like and I had Randall as an adjunct and then right. he brought you in Yeah. somewhere along the lines like we just, like I stayed in touch with Peter I stayed in touch with Aaron and like through like things like Facebook I've been in touch with uh, David Kaiser and who's the other guy you might know Bryce um, maybe not maybe you don't know Bryce Bryce M- Martin Marvin sounds familiar Yeah. he's a friend of David's yeah, yeah. Uh, in any event how that they, became a they? thing because uh, you had brought up Norval at one point, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "Well, I know him." And how then, do you know?
0: What? <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> so, Why are you gonna drop this so, bombshell? So, so,
1: so, so, <laughs> I, I didn't realize how many people from Union College I had known in the 90s, but and then fast forward into the 2000s. Uh, I think what really kind of cemented our like getting to know each other was. I mean, it was like I think it was like through like the whole toy design stuff. Of like Kevin Winnick, like Ryan. Right. Ryan was probably Ryan Holt, who's not here tonight. Ryan should have been
0: here. Yeah. Uh,
1: he was the one that like kind of like reintroduced, like because I hadn't seen you since uh, that adjunct experience, and then um, I think we were starting to hang out through the toy design, which we didn't talk about all tonight. But, yeah, and then that's when I found out that you knew... I don't know how Norval got into the equation, but once you mentioned or somehow you guys knew each other, then I'm like, well, do you know David Kaiser? Because that's how I know Norval. And then, yeah.
0: What? Oh, that's crazy. So... Holy shit. So, but
1: as far as... I think once uh, once Peter and and Aaron started working with you at uh, Local Hero, that's when I started kind of coming around a little bit more often. Um aside from the toy stuff just to kind of like hang out but
0: yeah but you did some cool like letterpress stuff there that a little project for I remember what it was for was it Halloween was that
1: yeah well you had yeah it was a Halloween like a design thing that's the thing like when I get to work with someone that I think gets it and likes to like has a cool idea like that's when I get to have fun with a project yeah and that's what I was you know for whatever you know for what it's worth like uh that should be, like, Peter Worth, like, tagline, for what it's worth. <laughs> Anyways, that's total, total tangent, speaking of tangents. Like, if he ever was, like, running for, like, a political, for what it's worth, yeah. Peter Worth. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so coming back to this, but... Um, Well, yeah, so I was hoping things would have worked out differently there. And that's probably a whole other story, too. That's a whole other one. But I really... (laughs) I liked being able to go out and hang out because the problem is I I started freelancing around 2006. So whenever I had a chance to, like, hang out with some like-minded individuals, like-minded creatives that... I I have a... I still, to this day, not as much as I did in my late 20s and early 30s, but I kind of had a strong opinion... Of uh, some of the local design studios, uh, the level of like arrogance or pretentious they have, which I get it, that or swag or sure. swagger, if you will. Like, yeah, I yeah. get that they had to have that to make it, right? But I also think like there's a fine line between swagger and
0: just like douchebaggery, right? And uh, that, uh, that's something I always talked with students about is like. There is, it's a balance, man. Like, be confident, but don't be an asshole, you know?
1: So I, I thought, like, you guys were cool and, and like, uh, like, real, legitimate, etc. Um, some of the other, like, groups I was trying to, like, get in or get to know, I was like, ah, fuck these guys. Like, it was all about, it was just a giant pissing contest, and right. I'm not, that's not my thing. Yeah, like, unless
0: you knock yourself out and piss yeah. on yourself. Yeah. You're the king, but... Yeah, of eight, of eight staples. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, I, I had a lot of fun, man. I did not know like the David Kaiser Norman yeah. Parchment connection. Thanks again, John, for coming down. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I just can't get enough of those ridiculous comic book stories. Um, it's just so much fun. And you definitely have to come down again sometime because I got to find out more about these uh, connections that you just uh, uh, uncovered in the last minute there. Um, if you want to know more about uh, John Kimmel, there's a couple of places you can uh, you can check him out. Um, on Twitter, it's at John underscore Kimmel, and on uh, Instagram, it's jkimmelcreative. Kimmel Creative. So uh, check him out. A lot of good stuff there, and yeah, definitely got to get on the show again. Um, If you enjoyed the show, uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, I'd appreciate that. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Bastard Martini, or you can go to our website for show information. It's oldbastardmartinilunch.com. Hey, and one final thing. You're looking for a little creative firepower. Uh, look me up. Uh, check out my website, petermorse.us, or send me an email at petermorse.us. If you got work or you just want to pick my brain, I'm always open to hearing what you got going on. In the meantime, have another martini. I know I will.